Howard Hatchard. Howard is family. Good. And if you can kill him, I go kill him. And then I go kill you. Listen, Badway, if you want something done right, you better do it yourself. So how many John Hatchers do you think existed before this Seagal that he had to kill himself and therefore wipe out his crew for not getting the job done right? I imagine him like the Terminator going through the phone book. You know, Sarah Connor, (laughs) there's four of them. I got to go to every Sarah Connor's door and just kill all of them. Because why not? Get the phone book out and and just have at it. Or um, if there was multiple guys that he had to kill himself like before Seagal do you think that's what the little notches are like you know how like uh, with rappers they have the tears yeah you know the gangsters they have the tears like for signifies how many people they killed or the Ohio State Buckeyes yeah that's like the scales on his face for how many people he had to kill and therefore how many crews he had to kill I love it well this is episode 33 of the last row podcast my name is Drew and as always I am joined across the room by my best friend and co-host He's not, he's not my best friend. <laughs> this is Larry David, as always, again. This keep is saying the, it. You keep saying it. This is, I'm going to keep saying it until you give the right answer here. Uh, this is the movie podcast. We watch all kinds of movies. You guys know the drill. Our website is thelastrowpodcast.com. Our Twitter handle is at thelastrowpod. Facebook.com slash thelastrowpod. We are also out on iTunes, Google Play Music, If you have the chance and you enjoy this show, please head out to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. It would be much appreciated. I think we said this week on Twitter, if we get to 100, we will both attempt a Jean-Claude Van Damme split. Yeah, thanks for pulling me into that. On video. Real good, real nice. On video, we will do it. I I did well in the V-Sit and Reach in in the President's Physical Fitness. Did you get presidential? All right. Presidential level? No, because I I had to do the bar hang because I couldn't do a pull-up. Yeah, I was good at the hang, but I was terrible at the V-Sit and Reach. My hamstrings are like uh, wound springs. I I went off the charts with the V-Sit. Anyway, marked for death. Speaking of reaches. Metacritic, 82%. 1990, <laughs> the movie was made. IMDb, 5.9%. The bros liked it. Directed by Dwight H. Little. Quickly, what does the H stand for? Howard. I was going to say Herbie. Herbie. I like uh, Herbie better than Howard. Mourning his partner who recently died in the line of duty. Drug enforcement admit- DEA agent. Who says it all? It's the DEA. I might, I might have to start pulling these descriptions from somewhere else. They're, drug enforcement. Like, that's a mouthful. They're very, drug enforcement agency. They're worded very poorly. Yeah. DEA agent John Hatcher confesses to his old pal Max, a.k.a. Spawn, a high school football coach that he has decided to retire from the game of copping. Of, of policing? Yes. After the duo interfere with a Jamaican drug deal, Chicago drug lord Screwface puts out a hit on Hatcher's family. Now... Thirsty for revenge, this grizzled man of action fearlessly returns to the fray. And when the skittish Screwface flees to Jamaica, Hatcher and Max are in hot pursuit. I have two things to say about this description. Yeah. First, I feel like he did a little bit more than put out a hit on him. <laughs> it's like, you know, in in Team America, he's like, and yeah. I'll put a jihad on yeah. you. Oh, man, it was a jihad. Like, this was... <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> this was like, he put a curse on his life and he, his family. He didn't want to kill his family. He wanted to sacrifice his family. Right, to right. whatever you know type of and, crazy gods there are. All he really did 
was get one of his lower level guys arrested for one night. Yeah. And he was so upset about it. He was in the bar and that was yeah. it. It's like, oh, the guy got arrested. Oops, he got out of jail the next yeah. day. They broke up one little deal, sent one guy to jail, and Screwface was like, you know what? This guy's got to go. I'm going to kill his family. That's, that's how hardcore the Screwface is. Second thing, thirsty for vengeance. Vengeance, excuse me. Yeah. The grizzled man of action fearlessly returns to the fray. I feel like Steven Seagal himself wrote that because he yeah. wanted to sound tougher than he is. <laughs> that's that's a Steven Seagal special right there. The pile on thirsty for vengeance. Do you think that's the title of a Steven Seagal film? Thirst for vengeance. A thirst for vengeance. Yes. The three. The title coming threes. Right. Thirst for vengeance. Well, prelude to that. Later on, we have a game where I'm going to be exploring some of the Steven Seagal titles, and I'm going to have you guess Steven Seagal title or not. We'll get into that later. But also on tap, we have for you. Uh, a large breakdown of all the characters involved of Steven Seagal and his best friend um, and Johnny freaking fingers along with Screwface and his crew and this whole ridiculous movie and a couple odds and ends along the way. There's not much to talk about as far as Placo, so we're just going to just dive into the craziness. But that's why we love it. Yeah. So to kick things off, I mean, we got to go to moviebodycounts.com. What happened there? 34. Is that higher or lower than you thought? So moviebodycounts.com gives... This movie, 34 confirmed kills, on-screen yeah. kills. Yeah. We, we went over the rules for how they did it. They don't do off-screen kills. They don't do assumed kills. Yeah. It is actual confirmed well, kills. I'll tell you, for a non-war movie, 34 kills in a 90-minute movie, that's like a, a kill every three minutes. It is. That's a pretty good ratio, right? It is pretty it's good. It's pretty high. Especially for the amount of shooting that was done in this movie. Yeah. You know, There's a lot I, of bad shooting. Yeah, there was there was tons of bad aiming, bad shooting. I mean, Hatcher, so John Hatcher, played by Steven Seagal, one of the weakest names, I feel, of all of his characters. He's no Casey Ryback. He get, it's no Mason Storm. He's no Mason Storm, but... He, he gets 14 credited kills, whereas Max, played by the Call of Duty guy, yeah. Stay Frosty, my friends, <laughs> Keith David, he gets nine kills. Yeah. And they break it down by scene, so... Go ahead. Let me ask you real quick about Keith David's nine kills. Yeah. Is one of those kills, you know, in, in the in the jewelry store scene? Now, oh, if you're yeah. watching this, in the jewelry store scene where Seagal breaks the guy's wrist or hand or whatever, he does a lot of bone breaking. So the guy's, the guy's like in agony on his knees. And Keith David comes out of nowhere with no bullets and a shotgun and just runs up and just smacks him. With the with the butt of a shotgun, do you think that's a kill? Is that a kill? You know what that reminded me of? It reminded me, and you said it when we were watching right. it. It reminded me exactly of that scene from The Wicker Man where yeah. Nick Cage <laughs> is in the bear, bear suit, yeah, and he's he like he comes striding in, yeah, he's running down the field, and then he just pu- Punches, uppercuts the yeah. lady, yeah, yeah. No, I think that was a kill. Well, I think that would be considered an unconfirmed kill, but I'd like to think that that was the 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 death blow. Well, they you give you. I actually don't think they counted it because they break no. it down by scene. So. In the original part of the movie, the deal, the Mexican drug deal thing with Danny Trejo, they count six deaths. Yeah. The club, there's five. So that's where Seagal stops the fight. Yes. Then there's something called the message. I don't remember what that is. Well, they, is they, like, they set a message. Oh, oh yeah. okay. So it must be the guy that jumped out of the window. Yes. Yeah. Tell, tell Screwface I'm that's coming right. for him. That's the, right. Yeah, yeah. And then the room, I don't know what that one is. That's two. Then the store they gave one, which is the guy that Seagal just stabs through the heart. Yeah, these like, are pretty. I, I I don't want to knock moviebodycounts.com. It's not active, is it? Right? I, no, I like the last update. I think was like Lord of the Rings: yeah. uh, Return of the King. Like I know it's a lot to take all the deaths in every movie, but we got to get better descriptions than the room yeah. 
and the deal. And right? then the raid is nine. The raid was, which is eerily similar to Commando. Oh yeah, like very, very much Commando. Very similar. And then there's another one called just dead. Just dead at ten. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. Maybe it's just like they couldn't find a scene. Random to put it dead in. people. Along Random the way. dead. Yeah. But All uh, the streets. Let Let's just jump into this. I yeah. kind of alluded no other to way. this. I kind of alluded to it. What do you think of John Hatcher? The name. It's kind of average, right? It's it's no Gino Felino. Yeah. Right? I mean Gino Felino, it's no Mason Storm like Nico Toscani. Right. You know? I mean, I just walk around my house sometimes just saying Gino Felino to myself because I just think it's such a stupid, awesome name. Was it Jack Taggart? Yeah, Taggart's Taggart? good. Let's go with Taggart. Taggart's good. Yeah. But maybe that's why so they need to call him John Hatcher because he's this unassuming former Lincoln Heights linebacker. You know, as we find out, he's got the jersey. I mean, what is number fifty-two? Got to be a linebacker. He's not a lineman, right? No. He's got. A, he's in attack mode. At if number he's on the football fifty-two, field. Yeah. he reminds me of like a Brian Urlacher type. Do you think he was hip tossing people on the football field? I think he was, and right. I think he was trying to do the quick hands. Yeah, you know, like you imagine his swim move, right? Yeah, that's what with I mean. Those quick hands. Are he, you kidding me? He probably had one hundred and fifty sacks with his. What is it called? Aikido. Aikido. Yeah. So, talking about the jersey, so we got to talk about his room, right? His bedroom. Yeah. So he comes home, he's all, he's, he has a cynical worldview of crime fighting, undercover, he was in too deep, and he says, nothing got done, we did it for nothing, I quit, throws his badge down, throws his one gun down, he has like 50 more guns, but his one, the gun that they gave him, he threw down, so I quit, I'm going home, come to see my family. Goes to his sister's house. For some reason, he has a bedroom in his sister's house. Can you Which explain is, that? So we need to talk about this for a yeah. second here. Yeah. What what on earth would possess this man to have a... It, it's a staged bedroom, too. It's not yeah. just like, oh, oh it's very, he's got a spare room. It's very carefully crafted. It doesn't have the ocean scenes, you know, the seashells and stuff in a guest room. It's got some nice yeah. blue ceiling, blue yeah. walls, you know, a ceiling fan. No, it's like he's got detailed, like, just things about Memorabilia. his life. Memorabilia. Memorabilia. He's got the yeah. Lincoln Heights number 52 jersey, the yeah. championship season jersey lay, hanging on the wall. He's got... Carefully displayed guns. Yes. Oh, such a, such a great gun collection. In like a really nice looking display. He's got multiple Bushido blades on the wall. You know, I don't even know what yeah. else was in there. I need to go right. back and see it. But the one thing about the guns that they that they show in there, and I'd love to know more about this. Why did they show that small little gun? Yeah. And they he, they had him cleaning he it. Cleaned it. You know, and he it's took like care of it. All right, this is definitely going to come back to play in this movie. Yeah. You never saw it again. But that, we'll we'll get into this as we go, as we talk about other scenes and maybe possible sexy scenes. I feel like there were some cutting room floor scenes that were just that were left off. That maybe if there was a DVD with extras in it, there would be extras, and that gun would be involved. I can't believe there was no love scene in this. Yeah. We'll, get well, there's into there's that potential too. for the love scene. We can get into the story later. But I guess the football thing plays into the fact that yeah. his friend Max is. The high school football yeah, and coach. They, they showed a picture that had Max, like him and Max in their... Uh, it was like their, in Vietnam or something, like Their right? Navy SEALs uniforms right. or whatever they were. I forget if it was Navy SEALs or Army or whatever it was. But the room is like a window into his past. It was a very quick way to show you exactly who this guy is. He has a lot of history. Yeah, and I wish they I wish they went a little bit more into the backstory. Like the beginning of this movie. So this movie's on TV all the time, right? Yeah. I love Seagal movies. We've talked about this multiple times on this show. I grew up watching these movies with my dad, my family, my brother and I. We would just watch these. They're always on TV. Your mom loves Seagal. Yeah, I mean, my, my yeah. mom will sit there and watch it with my dad, yeah. but some of them she just can't take. Like this one she would not like. <laughs> my wife didn't like this one either. But um, in these movies, this one just happens to be on Cinemax all the time or Stars, whatever it is. Yeah. It's just always on. And, and 
you know, I haven't really watched it from start to finish in a long time. So when we decided to do this movie, yeah, I'm sitting there watching it and I kind of forgot about the beginning. Oh, do you yeah. remember the beginning? No, when all, it came you, all you remember is like the Jamaican seeds, really. That's all yeah. that you think about. And the final fight. Critically watch it. But yeah. what do you think about the motivation for him quitting? Like, I, I think that was kind of a weak excuse for him to quit. Are you kidding me? No, I, I think of all the shit that this guy's been through in his life, like, it didn't seem like it was that bad of a deal. Well, it's, pro- it's a buildup. I mean, he he's was in too deep. He was undercover way too long. He realized that he spent years of his life and it's all for nothing because the deal got screwed up and he couldn't get his big bust. So what are they doing it for? They just kill another guy and, a, and another scumbag, as he says, will come right back and take his place. And, and, and uh, his, his partner got murdered. And then his next partner will also get murdered. Now, he's never going to get murdered because he's That's too good That's what I'm saying, that, right? right? But like he's just saying, he's not ready to see another partner die. And it's just like a vicious cycle that you can't stop. You, you wipe out one bad guy, two more show up. He has this worldview. And I don't really blame him, to be honest. I kind of like the way that he explained it. You know, he, was, he did give that speech to yeah. Keith David. Basically, yeah. dude, I don't care about this town. You know, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And Keith David was like, there's these Jamaicans selling crack. Yeah, they're selling crack right there. Look at the high school. I'm doing, I'm coaching football practice and they're on the bleachers selling cracks to little old white girls. And it's, it's just not, he wants to do something about, he's, see, see, he's been coaching football far too long. He's been on the opposite end and he's been jealous of Seagal and his career that he had. So he's wanting to get in the game and other Seagal's there. He has his chance. Is it interesting? So, you know, this movie, and maybe we'll talk more about the stereotypes in the end about, you know, people generalizing groups of people, but I thought it was kind of interesting that they chose crack to be the drug that they sold because weed seemed more like an accessible based on the stereotype. You know what I mean? But nobody cares though, right? I mean, in in the 80s or whenever this came out, it was 1990. Well, it's 1990 and crack was becoming very popular in the the late 80s leading into the, I don't know when this movie was filmed, but it was released in the 90s. It was probably filmed in 89. The mid to late 80s is when crack really took off. I mean, not, just, not that I would know. I was like six. Yeah, I mean, it just seemed <laughs> so. like the stereotypical drug that people would sell at a high school is weed. Look, Seagal or John Hatcher is not going to get out of bed for a, for a little bit of weed. All right? He doesn't care. He doesn't care about that. It doesn't, it doesn't no. do enough for him. It's got to be crack. It's got to be heroin. It's got to be the all H. that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, all these high schools, weed. Have, they, the high schools have an H problem now. So maybe, see, I would have been more on board with the heroin as the drug. Yeah, look, look. A state trooper would be excited about a weed bust, all right? Bust your ass. Yeah. So what do you think about the concept of being undercover, being in too deep? I love him being in too deep because I feel like of all people, you know, I've seen him in too deep in every movie, basically. Yeah. And he's just, he's got to get out of it. Yeah. I mean, to go back on it, I do, maybe the motivation was true that he, he was in too deep. But we talked about this before on our other show that we've done before, Bauer Hour. Yeah. BauerHour.com. Um, shameless plug. New season coming soon. New season. <laughs> no, but but seriously, so Jack Bauer had an H problem. Oh yeah, season three with Salzars. Do you think he was probably the most committed undercover? He person was the most ever? in too deep. Like he got in the deepest. Oh yeah. Um. So we talked about this when we were going over our notes. Wouldn't you love to see? The prequel to this movie. Yes. Right? I would. To see how deep undercover Seagal was in this movie. Because he says it, but he doesn't really show it. And he doesn't really, like... He doesn't show the symptoms of being in too deep. Like, he wasn't addicted to drugs. He wasn't ruthlessly killing or beating people for no good reason. That 
he would have to like trick a criminal that he's like all the all their good side, right? I mean, we didn't see enough. We just saw him chasing Danny Trejo and he threw yeah. him in the back of a truck, which I yeah. thought was a bitch way for him to go out. Yeah. Like I don't know what if he was famous at that That's point. That's before Danny Trejo was Danny Trejo. But didn't he just straight come from the cartel at that point too? Because wasn't he literally part of like a Mexican gang? Isn't that the backstory? I think, yeah, I don't know how f- much he was involved, but that's the stuff like, story goes. How did he feel getting thrown around by Seagal? I don't see, I don't know how these Hollywood stories get started. He might have been like, who knows? He might have been just a, a driver for all we know. Yeah. I, I don't know how deep he was. <laughs> yeah. He's the errand boy. Yeah, who knows? I mean, he's he a big t- tough guy. He takes but, the package from A to B. Yeah. No, but no, I. I but they're accounted for yeah, all we right? know. Don't judge a book by its cover, Drew. Yeah, I know. Yeah. They have legitimate business people, too. Yeah. No, but but yeah, I love the idea of him being in too deep. And I'd love to see a prequel about this. This movie is ripe for that. Yeah. That's my one negative to this movie is that they say it, but they don't show it how deep he was. He has this worldview that's just completely destroyed, but they don't really get into why. It's you, just, oh, you have to accept it. The other thing that I'd like to know more about his backstory is where does this guy shop? Because... <laughs> He's got some of the sweetest style oh, of we, any 1990s film. Can, can we talk about the tiger jacket? Dude, I feel like we've made this joke before, but like, what's that store at the mall? It's like, uh, it's like the Southwestern <laughs> store where they have yeah. like, or it's like, I forgot what the name of the store is, but it's the mall that has all the Bushidos and the Japanese stuff and the Native American stuff. It's got yeah. all that cool oh, stuff. Yeah. East meets, East meets East West, meets right? West, yeah. Yeah. That's where he got that jacket. So it's got snakes on the front, tiger on the back. It's just completely black. The Rock wore these kind of shirts when he was when he was a big time heel at, at WWF. And it was like it was like a, a vest when the Rock wore it, right? It was like yeah. that that leather vest. Well, he had it all. Well, he had every kind of like tigers, animals, animals on your clothing in a serious like majestic way is never not going to be funny. That's what I mean. <laughs> and like, right. he, but but he pulls it off, doesn't he? He did even he wore more than once. I thought it was going to be a one scene thing. He, he kept coming back to it. He pulls it off. Yeah. Usually, well, you don't see the at a movie. You don't see a guy wear the same thing twice on a different day. He's like, no, I'm going to go back to this jacket. It's too sweet. My, he stole it. Do you think it's his jacket? No, I bet he killed somebody yeah. when he was undercover and he stole it. <laughs> it's and it's from like Mexico. a trophy. It's from Mexico. Yeah, he got it at East no. meets West. See that that's true, but I'm talking about wardrobe, like in the movie world. Oh. Is that Seagal's jacket, or did he? Was it wardrobe? And do you think he stole it? I think, After the movie, listen. If it wasn't his jacket that he bought, I could see him. No, I, I could see him as the type that's like, "Listen, get out of here, costume yeah. designer. I got my <laughs> own shit. I'm in here. Yeah. I know what I'm gonna wear." For those that for those that that don't haven't seen the movie or won't see the movie or just listening to this, we will have to absolutely upload a picture of this freaking jacket. Oh yeah, to know we'll, exactly what we're talking about. We'll definitely put it on Twitter, or you can just Google Seagal Mark for Death Tiger Jacket. It will come up. Do you think that's available on thegoldencloset.com? Like, how much would that go for? I would spend four ninety nine ninety nine for it. So before we recorded this show, we were looking at, uh, I saw the Golden Closet posted a new, like, item for sale. It once, was like the Batman bust. Once again, the Golden Closet is where you can buy a real movie memorabilia. Right. Not yeah. sponsored of the show. Yeah. But they have the basically the negative that they made yeah. Michael Keaton's Batman cow from yeah in batman returns and i said to badway how much do you think that costs i said 299 he said he said oh 299 i said i think it'd be a little more expensive <laughs> than that and um do you know how much it did cost then do you remember 35 grand 35 k <laughs> like not even close somebody's getting hosed not even close Someone's getting taken to the cleaners but back to back to seagull style the other thing that i've got to say about this listen we talk a lot about ponytails on this show Oof. so the art of the ponytail is something that is is just it's it's very difficult to pull off. Yeah. Few oh, people yeah. 
can really pull off a good ponytail. And he is in the category that can pull it off. And he breaks the category, too, because right. ponytails are reserved for villains. It's a villain, it's a villain style. You see the final boss of the internet wearing a ponytail. Yeah. You see Terry Silver wearing a ponytail. Or best. You know, Terry Silver arguably is the best ponytail yeah. wearer. And you've got Seagal. Yeah, who's the, who's the dude from uh, Kitarada Copy to the episode? Terry Crisp. Terry Crisp. Ponytail. Yeah. Colin Crisp. Colin Crisp. Colin Terry Crisp. Crisp. Who Terry, the hell's Terry, Crisp? Terry Silver. <laughs> yeah. Come Terry on, get, Crisp. Get your tail straight, bro. Yeah. What the hell? No, but Colin Crisp. Ponytail. Bad guy. What do you got with Seagal? Dripping wet. Like, the wetter it is, the more villainous you are, yeah. too. Like, he dunked his head in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just... He he's took, fighting so hard, he's constantly sweating. But, like, do you like? Do they have a guy, a spritzer guy, oh, on, yeah. the, on, the, on the side that just, like, sprays this thing? No, I like to think there's, like, a small cup of water, and there's, a, there's an intern that he just dips his head back. <laughs> he just goes, like... Oh. Yeah, he just dip, he dips his head back, and the intern has a cup of water, and the tail dips into the water. But just like, the tail. The interesting thing about his ponytail, and not to get too deep into the ponytail conversation, but we're just going to go a little deeper. Yeah. He has, like, a shaved area... Yeah. No. <laughs> that's like, how you know he's a good guy. Like, he's got the shape. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's for clean soul. Like, that's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, he doesn't have it pulled straight back. Yeah. Like, I think Cullen Crisps was like, his whole hair was long. Yeah. You know, he kind of had yes. the, um, do you remember the dude from Home Improvement when he had the, the high samurai bun? Oh, yeah, yeah. This wasn't quite that high, but it was, you know, it was kind of shaved on the bottom. Yeah. That's how you know he's good. That's why he got. That's why he got nabbed at back on, on the undercover, the drug lord. They saw his ponytail. They're like, nope. They knew he didn't yep. fully commit. They're like, nope, didn't fully commit. He didn't fully commit. Didn't to grow it. his hair all the way. Now, at what point did he decide it was time to get rid of this ponytail, or like, did he do it too late? I guess at what point did he have to fake it because he couldn't really do it? Would really pull it off because his hair. I mean, we know what his hair looks like today. Well, I, I think it is. He started to lose his hair powers right around exit wounds. I mean. It really it correlates with his uh, directed DVD career, doesn't it? That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think there's a power, there's a certain power to it. There's a power to the the ponytail. Will ponytails ever come back in style? They're not gone. Well, they're they're like man buns now. But have you seen? But a man does kind of ponytail. If you think about it, it's kind of like is a hot dog sandwich. Is is a man yeah. bun a ponytail? A man bun is more like is a more disheveled ponytail, yeah, I guess, it or is. it's a disguised ponytail. It's a, yeah, it's it's one pull away. It's, it's like a mullet. Will a mullet come yeah, back? I don't know. It's one pull away. The bullet will not come back. Did you say one pull away? Yeah. Like you just pull it out? Yeah, you pull it out and this comes a ponytail. Maybe, maybe these guys with man buns are wearing ponytails at their house. Yeah. Because it's they, easier. It's, it's easier. They man bun it yeah. before they leave because they are too embarrassed to like fully commit to it. Yeah. Ponytails are not necessarily out of style for men, I don't think, still. People will still wear them. But, but like wet ponytail? No, yeah. Like it's got to be dry. It's like no razor Ramon. Yeah. <laughs> None of that. <laughs> oh, we talked too much about ponytails. Yeah. I'm sorry. Or not enough. Maybe not enough. That'll, that's for another episode. So getting back to the movie. Finally. These ponytails took us way off track here. And I apologize, but I don't apologize. This whole thing starts because Seagal goes to this town with his friend and he goes to some bar. Just wants to have a good time. Having a drink at a Chicago bar. Just wants to have a good time. And everybody knows that you can't just have a good time in a Chicago bar, as we learned at that bachelor party. Yeah. You know? You can't just have a good time nope. at the bar. Somebody's going to start something. What happens is there's this big fight that breaks out. Sometimes there's a Jamaican gunfight. Seagal, Seagal just happens <laughs> to be an off-duty police officer, a retired police officer. Yeah. X. Tries to break it up. Winds up getting a guy arrested. 
Ooh, big deal. Right. The guy basically says, don't mess with me, buddy. You're dead. Do you know who I am? Do you know who my father is? He basically said. He pulled a Chris Moltisanti yes. here. He said, do you know who I am? Do you know who I roll with? And he basically puts a curse on Seagal's family. Oh, yeah. So what, so what happens from there? So Seagal basically gets his sister's house drive-by. It's a nice neighborhood. It's a very, it's a Chicago suburb, Lincoln Heights. Not a lot of crime coming through there. All of a sudden, this Bieber comes by with the golden ribs and pop, 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 pop. Uzi's just blasted away at the house. Right after Max drove away. Like, literally right after. Does Seagal get hit? No. Does his sister get hit? No. What about his nine-year-old niece? She gets effed up. Critically wounded. Left for dead. Barely alive. There's his niche. Just sitting there in bullets. And whose fault is it? Is it Screwface's fault? According to John Hatcher's sister, it is all John Hatcher's fault because he just came home. Totally. I know emotions are running high. It's not, your, it's not his fault. Completely uncalled for. Not, not cool, sister Violation. Do we even get her name? Does it matter? No, it doesn't. No. Clearly the worst actress in this movie. <laughs> like everybody I thought for a 1990s action movie, like literally 1990. Yeah. But... Everybody was generally pretty good. Even the, the Jamaican like guys that were like non-main actors. Yeah. His sister, come on, can't we get somebody better? But I will say this, though. She kind of looked like him. She did a little I bit. I could believe that they're brother-sister. Why didn't he get Kelly LeBrock in at this point? Because she doesn't look like him. She's like European. What do you... But he, I guess, and, and, and like, if he had Kelly LeBrock in the movie, he yeah. probably would want a love scene with her. Yeah. And he can't have a love scene the with his sister. The sexual chemistry would be oozing off of the screen. It would be weird. It would be weird vibes. <laughs> you can't have that. His right? sister, you know. I mean, that's why we'll talk a little bit about her in a minute. The anthropologist. Kelly yeah. LeBrock could have been her. <laughs> <laughs> like, even she so, was a better actress than his sister. So Seagal is in the hospital with his sister. and They're getting the prognosis about the daughter. The niece, the niche, whatever the you want to call her. I like the niche. Yeah. Is she going to be all right? It's going to be a close one, but we're <laughs> having her monitored. You the take doc- care of that little girl like she's the president of the United States, Doc. You take care of that girl like she's the president of the United States, Doc. Well, we take care, we take care of all our patients the same. We have, we have the same care for all of our patients. We take great care. Unless you're Sarah Connor because yeah. he is the psychiatrist <laughs> from Terminator 2 yeah. and Terminator 1. But when the doctor says that, he reiterates, what did he say? The president of the United States. Like the president of the United States. The president of the United States. He's threatening the doctor or else. Or else. You take care of her or else. What will he do? What will he do if the girl dies, unfortunately? Is he going to go in and rough him up? Yeah. Is he going to shoot him with bullets and not give him the proper care like the president of the United States would? He'll throw him through the glass of a table (laughs) like the made effing man, Jimmy Fingers. Jimmy freaking Fingers. Which is a good segue to... My favorite, most underrated character in this entire movie that I need a spinoff of. Yeah. Jimmy Fingers, the made man from Atlantic City. Jimmy Flippin' Fingers, made man from Atlantic City, sell guns to the Jamaicans. He's a made freaking man. Wearing banana hammock. <laughs> hanging out. Is doing there any crack. More, any more of a way to get bitched out than to get beat up wearing a banana hammock and, a, and like, a wife beater? And he, had like a, he had a wife beater and like a shirt on, and he was wearing, he was wearing like... Bikini yeah. briefs. It was first, so bad. First of all, he got embarrassed in front of his huas that he paid good money for. That's number one. The huas. Yeah. Go find your trick somewhere else, he tells him. 
I feel like they would they'd have got out of there right and the yeah. whole time. There's yeah. a Jamaican guy hiding in the yeah. closet. In the closet. Like <laughs> the whole time. How much did they pay for that? The two girls, the Jamaican guy in the closet, he just likes to watch. He just likes to watch. <laughs> you, think, you think that's why I can't even catch my breath. You think that's why he was in the closet? Yeah, he likes to watch. You pay extra like, for that kind of he, stuff. He wasn't there for protection. Yeah. He was just because because really though, why would Jimmy Fingers know? Yeah. That Hatcher was after him. And if we could get dark for a second, put the kids to bed. The reason the, he was late to attack was it because he had direction and he had to like get it, you know, he was kind of embarrassed, yeah. poke it out. He know? might have been. Yeah. Did you, did you want to finish first? He was, oh, hold, he on, hold on, let me finish real quick. He finished. <laughs> you let me finish. That was it. And when he saw fingers getting effed up, yeah, he's like, you know? Right. Yeah, but no, but that's true. Like, why yeah. the hell was he in the closet? Yeah. I think we figured out a mystery, yeah. like a 26 a, a year old <laughs> yeah. mystery yeah. here. He was hiding and it, watching. It didn't read on the screen like they wanted it to, but we after 20 years, 30 years, we finally yeah. found out. But the other question I would ask you, too, is are the Hulas the ones that gave him the name Jimmy Fingers? Like, where did he <laughs> get that name? I mean... Well, do you know, do you know the term fingers? I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not up if on you order, If you order, like, whiskey, give me, like, two fingers. Give me one finger. You hold your finger up horizontal. This is and, the thing? And, and that's how much whiskey you get. It's like, depends on if you want three fingers, it's it's the, the height of your three fingers. So why don't they call him like Johnny Five Fingers, you know? Be- because, he, like, because he's a lightweight. <laughs> Jimmy, at least he's not Jimmy Finger. Yeah, yeah Jimmy, Jimmy Finger. Yeah. <laughs> that Two fingers weird. is basically a shot. Three fingers is like is this a, this is almost a, real thing? a double. Yeah, it's, that's, that's, what, that's what they call it in a bar. Well, I never heard of this. But I don't know if that's why he's called Jimmy Fingers. It could be his... His, uh, his, his extracurriculars? His extracurriculars. It's better than his uh, his father, uh, Jimmy Jimmy Fists. Jimmy Fists. Oh which my is God. another story for another time. But the thing about Fingers that's hilarious is they say, oh, the mob kicked you out of Atlantic City. Like, Atlantic City is this great place yeah. to be. Like, Well, that's how small time he is. He couldn't hack it there. <laughs> moves to Chicago. I, I mean, you know, he's not even North Jersey. He's not, he's not like, I've been watching The Sopranos, so I'm thinking yeah. a lot about the mob stuff here. But I just had to laugh. And he knew right to go to him. Yeah. And he's and he basically Hatcher says, I don't care what you do, man. I I'm- wouldn't sell you the sweat off my balls, he says. <laughs> he says. <laughs> he some of the worst yeah. movie hair I've yeah. ever seen in my life. So, Seagal could have gave him his ponytail. So to to quote Seagal, he busts into this room, he slaps him around a little bit, and he tells him, Hey, listen, you tell me the info I want, I'll be a nice guy, I'll walk away. But if you don't, I'm gonna <laughs> you up. Yeah. All right. So that's pretty tough right there. He's like Scumbag Screwface, I want him. Does he give him to him? No. Hell no. Why has he got to make it so hard? And he tries to outsmart Seagal by pulling a gun on him, and Hatcher, a quick draw, yeah. pulls it right out on him, like Red Dead Redemption there, yeah. and it just shoots him right between the eyes. <laughs> and that's when our friend... That's when our friend comes out of the closet. Yeah. jumps out of the closet yeah. in his Adidas tracksuit <laughs> and starts trying to mess him up. And, and just Hatcher just Fs this guy up so bad yeah. and starts fighting with him. Guy won't give up Screwface because he says he's going to kill me worse than you would ever do. I could do the voice. Hold on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Screwface killed me a thousand times worse than you ever could. Go find him yourself. I feel like we, that's awful. That sounded like we pulled it from the movie. You've got you've, You know, you do the New Orleans accent for Seagal pretty well. Yeah. You busted out the good accent for this guy. Did you like my gold bloom? Yeah. See, I like your gold bloom. <laughs> I like your gold. Yeah. Well, sorry. Yeah, gold bloom. <laughs> All right. But anyways, he jumps out the window. Jumps out of the window. Gets back in the truck. Another classic line. One guy thought he was invincible. The other guy thought he could fly. They were both wrong. But why? Let me ask you a question about movies. Does yes. it make it easier for the stuntman 
that they always fall on a car. <laughs> yes, it, yes, it is. Because they don't need to get the special effects guys out to say, hey, make it look like a guy just splattered from the 10th The splatter story. is too graphic, it's first too of much. all. That might be an NC-17 situation. So they got to jump on the car. Yeah. And, and to go further, not to borrow from Seinfeld, but there was an episode of Seinfeld where um, a, guy, a guy in the hospital committed suicide and landed on George's car. Right. And George tried to get the money, tried to get insurance, insurance money from the money? hospital. Like, you know, terrible tragedy. The guy leaped to his death. It was horrible. But there are living people that are still suffering by this that we could get restitution from. So whose car is it? I don't know. Was it Jimmy Finger's car? If it was Jimmy Finger's car, then that just, that's just everything is all good. I feel like it was, pro- it was like a blue Cadillac. I think it would have been badass if it was Seagal's car, right? And he drove around the rest of the time with, <laughs> with, with the, the guy in it. With yeah, the guy in it, or he just he, he wipes the guy off. The indentation of the dead guy that he made kill himself. <laughs> it's like it's like he marked his territory. Yeah, right. Oh, I would love that. No, I would I would love that. So then the cop shows up. The guy this guy who's in everything. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I know who did this. This is Hatcher's work. Like a guy jumping <laughs> yeah. out of a window. It's oh, like yeah. it's so obviously it's Hatcher. Calling card. Yeah, like, right. oh, this is Hatcher's calling card. He just throws guys out of windows all the time. Like <laughs> it's gotta be Hatcher. Hatcher's back in town. It's Hatcher and, and his buddy Max. And then you've got the good the good Jamaican guy who's actually a Jamaican cop yeah. from Jamaica in the US in Chicago trying to catch Screwface. Let me tell you not to get off subject here, but real quick, real tangent. Um I was actually did a little research on this movie because I'm a good podcaster, right? We try, we try on yeah. the Last Road podcast. Seagal said that they were worried that there was going to be backlash that they're portraying Jamaicans as these bad people, these drug dealers, these hoodlums and all that. And he said he was worried about it. So they had they made this uh, Jamaican guy a cop to like to show the other side of it. Like it was very deliberate the way they did it. So it was, they picked a guy so that it wasn't basically beating up on right. A group so it of wasn't people. a bunch of white guys going up against the Jamaicans or a bunch of Americans against the Jamaicans. Right. Smart move on their part. Right? So it was very strategically placed to have this Jamaican cop. But anyway, why? Why did this guy jump out of the window? Why was he so afraid of his boss? Like, what? Who are we dealing with here? Who is Screwface? Screwface. I gotta tell you, dude is up there. On the villain scale for the Last Row podcast, at least on Drew's side of things. Yeah, he's at least an 8.0 going up higher. I looked him up on the villain wiki. He had a villain wiki. He did. Page. It was kind of generic, but at, at least he made an appearance that shows that he's legit. We got to make some edits. Yeah. We got to make some edits. No, the dude. So the dude, first off, is scary as hell. He's got some weird, crazy looking eyes. Oh, yeah. Don't know if that was. Piercing green eyes. It was like contact lenses that made him yeah. look like he had cat eyes. Yeah. And then on top of it. Dude just looks crazy. Yeah. He's got, he's got the crazy just attitude of him. He carries himself so well. Got to tell you, for, for all the bad guys in Seagal's movies, yeah. I know, you know this guy, just I feel like he gets passed over a lot. He's a great job. Now, great actor, too. Yeah, I, I looked up the IMDb, and the guy was basically, this was like his only major feature role. A lot of his other acting jobs, there were like one-off TV appearances, like you know everybody does a CSI kind of thing. Yeah. Like he's in a bunch of those one-episode type things. Guy did a great job. Do you think it was his real accent? Do you think he's Jamaican accent? I wasn't able to tell. So did you look it up? You know? I didn't look it up. No, I did not. I feel like he probably... I just couldn't base it off of anything because there's no clips of him because he's not in any other real like major movies. I feel like it was. I feel like he did too good of a job yeah. for that to be a fake accent. So that he's just like, he didn't get other work because he has this thick Jamaican accent. Like maybe he couldn't aren't do, calling for it. Yeah, maybe he couldn't do the American accent yeah. or the just like European accent. Yeah. After he couldn't shake the Jamaican to yeah. do like it's like Jack's Teller on Sons of Anarchy. Right. 
by the last season, he's like basically talking like British. Yeah, he so, can't do anything. So he's doing episodes of, of New York Undercover and NYPD Blue in the early 90s just because he has no other work to get. You know the other thing about Screwface that makes him terrifying? Yeah. He hangs out in an underground abandoned pool. I want to swim in that pool. It's like it looked like a, it would be in Death Wish. Yeah. You oh. know, like that. that's the kind of like seedy environment how, how many people have died in that pool drew at least 100 <laughs> at least 100 like i feel like he sacrifices people yeah. in that as far as the water is it red but the meetup of that pool so they show us the pool basically this other i think it was like a mexican drug lord something yeah. to do with the beginning of the movie that didn't really have anything to do with the beginning yeah, of the movie they didn't explain it that well but Screwface brings him down there yeah to intimidate him tries to intimidate him and basically tell him like you're going to be the mule for my drugs. Yeah, I'll give you. I think he said I'll give you five percent. It was like a laughable. It was a laughable. Amount. It was like five percent. It was like a laughable amount. Terrible. Yeah. And he tries to intimidate this dude into doing what he wants. And that's where you get a glimpse of like some of the voodoo magic, the twin magic, the twin magic, yeah. the prestige magic yeah. of Screwface. So, the, so it's either there's two Screwfaces, they're twins, or his voodoo is real. Right. So what do you think about the voodoo? Now, I was going to ask you, like, where does that... It's scary, scary shit to me. If somebody came at me with some voodoo and started drawing chalk drawings on my front door and all this yeah. stuff and leaving a cow tongue, like, nailed into my window and my door, would freak me out a little bit. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about well, it, but voodoo as an intimidation tactic, it also adds, I think, to the legend of Screwface. Here's the only thing... That's scary to me about. I don't believe for a second that any of it's true. So you're not into it? But it's scary to think that these guys are so batshit crazy that they'll do whatever it takes to please their belief, right? So they will. So if they capture you, they will sacrifice you. And it'll be a scary-ass moment. See, they're so out there that they'll they'll do whatever it takes. So you don't believe in the magic aspect of it. You just believe in that you don't want to die with a knife through your heart. I don't, yeah, I don't believe that there's two screw faces, right? And I feel like, I think voodoo magic does work. Now, this is me contradicting myself. <laughs> this is my theory. It works, but it only works if both the voodooer and the voodooee, the voodooee. both believe. <laughs> so if, if you're the one getting voodooed against and you believe in it, it's going to work. I'll give a voodoo on you. Yeah. I'll do a voodoo on you. Yeah, so the, the, it has to, it's a two-way street. It has to be both ways. Do you think this is uh, uh, Seagal's kind of like the the Bayou, New Orleans? Like, you know, because isn't that like uh, you think about True Detective season one? Yeah. That was like had very, very like voodoo-esque magic and occult and all that stuff. Right. Was this influenced by Seagal's New Orleans maybe vacation home or him hanging out down there? Maybe. I don't know. Well, I can't say that he wrote this movie. Now, there's another interesting story about that where he claims that he rewrote 90% of this movie and a lot, a large percentage of a lot of his early successful movies. Right. Yeah. And he says that he can't get credits because of the writer's guild and they're basically screwing him. So he needs to basically pay royalties to uh, join the writer's guild. I looked up a clip of of Arsenio Hall and he says, yeah, well, it's a shame because nobody will know that I rewrote the 90% of this movie while he's explaining it to the world. Do you think that's bullshit? I think he's a bullshitter. I think he's he's great at lying. Is he like Frank Dukes? He's the best at, yeah. Frank Dukes is a great example, especially when it comes to his martial arts skills and when it comes to his... His writing it is is genius, so to speak. Yeah. Not to say I don't love him, and not to say he would kick a lot of people's asses. We got we got a soft spot yeah. in our hearts 
for Steve. But Seagal. I think that he's a major bullshitter. As he's a major Hollywood bullshitter. So the voodoo, back to the voodoo itself, the Mexican drug lord decides to counteract the voodoo by going to some palm reader, yeah, which was just an excuse to show he paid, boobs. He paid five bucks. As you don't pay five bucks to get rid of Screwface. Just right. <laughs> like I could have told you that was a, a, a <laughs> that was damned from the start. Like she didn't know what she was doing. You know what she did? <laughs> this is what she exactly did. She stepped into a bathtub naked. She drank some. She vodka. took a swig of Bacardi and spit it out at a rooster. And then chopped the and rooster chopped the head, head off. off. That's all she did. I don't think it worked. Like you need to do a little more than that. Yeah, that she got voodooed. Yeah, she she got voodooed by Screwface. Yeah, she was she was the voodooee. So step one, bathtub. Step two, Bacardi swig. Step three, spit in the rooster's face. Step four, cut rooster's head off. I'm telling you, the, the step only, five, Screwface dead. The only reason why now I, I want to know: Did she put like an RFP through? Was she like, <laughs> yo, this is this is my proposal for how I would get rid of this guy? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what. Like, how do you get hired as a voodooee oh, or they, a voodooer? They didn't do the research, man. They were like, see, that's see, they didn't believe, you know what I mean? So it's like they were like, you know what? We'll put this lady on. They her. went to like Google and they typed like uh, yeah. voodoo person, but they they didn't believe. But like the like my rules go, they know that she believes. So right. you know what? It's worth it. I, I don't know what she's going to do. I don't care. She'll take care of it. She knows what she's doing. Just an excuse to show some boobs. Yeah. Not complaining. Yeah. But I think that that's what that was. Yeah. But um, I also love how the, the fact that they talk about the posse. So we're introduced to this anthropologist. Yeah. Who, I think you said this, and I'll let you describe it, but the whole, like, maybe maybe there was a love story. Maybe there wasn't. Yeah. Because they couldn't have it with his sister, because that would be weird and illegal. Right. But the whole, oh, there's this complicated hierarchy. It's in this culture. It's a group of people, and they're known as a posse. A posse. And Ooh, it was like this- Technical term. This tactical, technical yeah. word for a group of people, See, just like a gang. And this anthropologist, happen, anthropologist- my guess is she's like Dr. Lasky from, yeah. uh, yes. you know, from Saved by the Bell, the college. She graduated years. same class. You know, yeah. Cal U, yeah. Dr. Lasky. So this lady is, you know, she's eight, she's 80s hot in 1990. Big glasses. She's got the glasses, take the glasses off all of a sudden. Oh my God, she's hot. And she doesn't have to be, but she is because why? Because maybe there's going to be a love scene. And I feel like there was, or at least there was a heavily negotiated love scene that Seagal just couldn't seal the deal on right like, like he was like whining and dining like the creep that he is whining and dining her he's trying to talk the director into it trying to talk the writers into it they're like listen steve we asked her she's very terrified of you she has nothing to do with you because it wouldn't be the last row podcast if we didn't mention entourage yeah. it's like johnny drama trying to hook up with brooke shields yes and mm-hmm. it's like oh i need to console her i need to start kissing her and it's like you're playing my brother brother sister in the role yeah but no <laughs> But there was definitely, it was in his mind, there should be a love scene in this movie, but it just was not happening. Or maybe there was, and it was so awkward that they just left it on the cutting room floor. I feel like they really could have used it. Cut for time. I feel like it might have maybe led a little bit more credence to like him like getting to know her better. He really there was no time. To... This movie can't be two hours long. It's got to be, not, all these movies have to be 90 minutes. Yeah, they, Nin- they have a no, hard cut. They're always 94 minutes. They're always exactly yeah, 94 it is. minutes. All these I bet movies. that is exactly yeah. what this runtime is. No, but the anthropologist helps him out, tells him about the voodoo. They have this voodoo. The posse has this voodoo, and that's what they need to do. And you need to convince him that your magic is bigger than his. Like, literally, I think that's exactly what she says. Your magic is bigger than his. Yeah. 
They cut that love scene, didn't they? Yeah, they sure did. He's like, I'll show you how big my magic is. <laughs> I didn't catch that. That's nice. So let's bury the lead here. It's not voodoo. Guy's a twin, all right? It's pure prestige. You know, I completely forgot about it. Huh. Honestly, I've seen this movie a yeah. hundred times. Yeah, me too. And I was watching it and I was kind of like, oh, that was kind of weird. Oh, yeah, there's a second kind of ending to this. Because yeah. after the first time he chops his head off, I was yeah. like, all right, like, right. it's over. So forget all that. Forget the story. How does this partnership work between the two Screwfaces? First of all, are there are they both called Screwface, do you think? Like, do you think one is more important than the other? We know that one's tougher than the other. We know that for a fact. Yeah, like, or, or did Seagal just get lucky on the first one? No, I feel like he got lucky on the first one. I feel like, but I feel like the main one is probably more powerful. Yeah, the first guy seemed a little nervous. He did, and he, he got him. When he, he got him. dick chopped by a bushido. Yeah, you know, and then he got his head chopped off. Yeah, he so, got bitched. So yeah, the main one, I guess he he's making all the deals. He's being the tough guy to the Mexican. He's the talker. Yeah, yeah, he's the talker. The other guy is there just to be the magic. The, the illusion, if you will. So he's got to be making like 20%, right? It's got to be like an 80-20 I mean. split. And and maybe that's why they have the two hideouts. They've got the yeah. underground pool. Yes. When like they really want to scare the F out of somebody. Yeah. But then they've got that empty warehouse that's <laughs> yeah. just like a white room <laughs> with a domino's table You, you mean the it. domino and pool table room? Yeah. That's all it is? It's, they literally, it's like in big... <laughs> When the guy, yeah. when when Tom Hanks buys the place, it's yeah. a warehouse. There's yeah. nothing gotta in it. Gotta get a trampoline in there. Arcades, get arcade games. Yeah, get some type of basketball game. You yeah. get a basketball hoop in there. Absolutely. Or at least a pop a shot. Something. That's what I mean. They could have played a lot of games in there, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. I, I was looking at that space. I was like, you put a wrestling ring in there. You That's can do a- anything. <laughs> so many room for activities. But that would explain the two rooms. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, maybe the one screw face hangs out at the one. Yeah. And then the so other the, one hangs out the, the other place. The bitch screw face hangs out in the game room. Right. And the tough guy's dominoes. face, yeah, the tough one is down there with that pool where it's freaking creepy. He's he drowning people. people. Yeah, he's drowning people. That makes sense. And also, the famous scene that we opened this episode with where he basically tells him, if you don't, can't kill him, I'll kill him, and then I'll kill you. Did you believe him? I did. Did you believe him? Because I thought maybe that was the double. Because yes. he, he's kind of talking out of his ass a little bit. But he flipped the table like he was, like that one guy who was total amateur. The yeah. guy that comes back and he's basically like, yeah... Uh, it didn't really work out. <laughs> like, he expected these guys to really yeah. be able to... He should have just... Like I said at the beginning, if you want something done, do it yourself. Yeah, right. He should have just done it. He had swords. But, like, Screwface was pretty tough. But the the bitch Screwface, he knows that his posse, for lack of a better term, is afraid of him. So he could be real tough to them. But to other people, he could be kind of a wuss. That's my, that's my theory. I got a lot of theories going on here. We're talking about the posse. The posse goes above and beyond to try to take out John Hatcher. Yeah. And I know the movie's kind of complex and we're all over the place, but that's the only way that you can tackle this masterpiece. Yeah. Let's get into some of the fights. So this is the meat and potatoes. We've been waiting for this. Exactly. One of the classic action movie scenes in 90s action movie history. Go on. When I think about this movie, and I put it on Twitter... I think about the department store beatdown. Yeah, oh, man. So a car, an amazing car chase. Great car chase, first of all. Leads to this. Yeah. I, terrible shooting, right? Some of the worst I've ever seen. Both of these cars had, like, ammo to the teeth, man. They were, like, fully loaded. Multiple guns, right? Oh, absolutely. All they could hit is windshields. Couldn't even pop a tire. And I love, you know the funniest thing about that? Huh. Seagal was driving his friend's truck. Yeah. Dude's a teacher. Yeah. Like, it's my wheels, man. 
<laughs> he can't buy a new car. Like you would think it'd be like a Sam L. Jackson, uh, Brad, uh, Brad, uh, Bruce Willis thing That's from Die Hard Three. You would think like, like a. Uh, Keith David would be yelling at him, hey, man, it's my car. But no, he was this like, guy is all in. He hasn't seen that kind of action he, he's, he's been waiting for this, like I said. He's been coaching football for the last 20 years. He's been waiting for this. He just needed somebody to help take down yeah. these crack dealers. Oh, yeah. But I love how he's like, I'm like watching it, and they start, the whole thing starts by them going to an, uh, a drug deal. Whereas these guys already saw them. Yeah. The fact that <laughs> Seagal walks up. It's not in Mexico anymore. <laughs> Seagal drives up. I guess. I can't even hold it together this week. Seagull drives up to, <laughs> up to the dude, and he's like, freeze. <laughs> like, Come on, Worst bust ever, yeah. <laughs> and and they get to the jump on him. Yeah, they roll up real close. They know what the car looks like. like they know what he looks he's like. He's been around town terrorizing Jamaicans for he's the last the, They 10. put a curse on his family. Yeah. <laughs> They've been in his house. What a disaster. They were in his room. They saw his freaking football jersey. Yeah. Anyway. Get the hell out yeah. of here. He pulls up, and he's like, he like oh, yeah, I want to buy some crack. What you got? And think, he, like, pulls yeah. out his gun. Freeze! You think they're going to give up? Quick draw guy in the back with yeah. a shotgun. How did he miss? How did he miss? <laughs> so, Because the thing is, Jimmy Fingers never showed him how to shoot the guns. That's true. He just sold it to him. That happens to a lot A lot of the arms dealers. They sell the guns. They don't teach him how to shoot them. And now they're just spray and praying. Unless you're Nick Cage in Lord, yeah. of, the War, Lord yeah. of War. Spray and pray with the AKs. But forget the guns. We're driving now. Car chase. We're driving backwards, driving forwards, we're driving on sidewalks. Seagal's driving on sidewalks because he DGAF <laughs> about civilians. He's not a cop anymore. It's not Dude. his responsibility to serve and protect. It's about getting the justice. I can't believe the body count was only 34. <laughs> Moviebodycounts.com. We need yeah. to go back and check. People were trying to eat brunch, man. It was during the day, too, man. You know what's a classic thing about car chases and especially people driving on sidewalks? Yeah. Did you ever notice this when you watch and it's maybe the stunt people... And I love it. I think it's hilarious. You're yeah. watching and you see the car and the, the shot is the car coming at you yeah. and the guy standing kind of in front of the car. Right. He makes a move towards the car yeah. and then, and then or, jumps out of the way. Or the guy's walking towards the car, but his like head's kind of down. Yeah. And he doesn't realize the chaos that's 10 feet in front of him and, and then the last right second dive. And they do like yeah. the, the double side. They like they jump towards the car and then jump out. Yeah. It's like and it was all down the street. And then the car just goes right through a department store. Yeah. They Which pay, it was amazing. They pay these stunt guys good money to to make it look good. All right, so so we crashed into the department store after the world's worst shootout. Nobody hits anything. Seagal is hiding his his self. Well, first of all, his jacket's so baggy it's sticking <laughs> out. So maybe the jacket got shot with a little bit of bullets. But it's like it's like him hiding behind like a bead pole, like a little like a little tiny. Like a little tiny light, light his lamp legs post. were out, and he was yeah. only backing yeah. up his like upper torso. It's like his whole body's behind a lamppost, and he's he's fully covered. Like it's like got like they can't get him right. Both the Jamaicans and the vigilantes all run out of bullets. So what do you do? It's a fist fight, baby. It's a fist fight or who's, a knife fight. Who's best equipped? The Jamaicans have the knives, the knives, knives. So it just turns into a hip toss fest, doesn't it? Throwing through jewelry cases. Throwing through windows, getting effed up, yeah, breaking so limbs. He basically cracks his knuckles. It's like it's like he does, he's licking his chops. Like it's on. That was his goal. Maybe he didn't want to kill anybody. No, without his fists. Right. He wanted them to run out of bullets so that he could fight him hand to hand because he knew that they were amateurs. Yeah. But the the one death 
in the department <laughs> store was the most brutal death it in the entire so movie. Bad. It was more brutal than the head chop of Screwface 1. It was more brutal than the backbreak of, Scarf- of Screwface 2. Because it was a heartless yeah. kill. It was the stop the guy from stabbing me, turn it around, separate his shoulder, and stick the knife directly into his heart. <laughs> <laughs> and it made this uncomfortable sound. I got chills, man. I got chills. That death was brutal, dude. That was a brutal kill. I didn't it, care. It was like so bad. And, you know, at least with Screwface, like, you know, he kind of saw it coming. These guys were bad dudes. Yeah. Let's let's not beat around the bush. They were bad. And they, they probably deserved in this movie world to die. He murdered a guy. <laughs> and he just walked away. I guess you call it self-defense. But he, he, no, it was, I guess he, he listen, should be arrested, I guess. Listen, and then he walked away. <laughs> and I think I forgot. I think we forgot to mention it. We had it at the top. Let me scroll back up to our notes here. The bone crunch counter. This starts is where it started. Scene. This is where it started. Like, yeah. I just am in awe at how, like, real it looked. But then yeah. when we slowed it down to take some pictures of it for the cover art for the show, yeah. it's like blatantly a fake arm. Oh, yeah. We need to get back on movie magic here. There's but, a lot of dummies in this movie, and they're well-placed for the most part. But I think we have eight confirmed bone bone crunches i counted right? six but i knew i missed some and it, you, you counted eight including wrists elbows shoulders and necks all the above movie bone crunch.com yeah, there's probably more but i've confirmed eight so and, and the department store is the brunt of them and there was a lot of head smashes through he was just clowning these people if you clowning go on, them. if you go on twitter you know how you can do um you can add like a gif or a gif however you want to say it these days yeah. there's so many good ones from mark for death Oh, yeah. And they're all from the department store yeah. beatdown. His hands are so fast, man. That's just, that's that's Seagal at his very best. See, when you think of Hast Hand Seagal, you think of Under Siege 2 with that fight versus the general or whatever you want to call the guy. The, oh, in, in the bottom, the in the, not the kitchen? Geek, the not geek guy, the, the, the mini boss before the yeah, final yeah, boss, yeah. right? That's that's what I think of when I think of Seagal with his fast hands. And this is like, you, you see it, man. They're trying to stab him, and he's like, whoosh, whoosh, hip toss, done, boom. He's separated shoulders just by hip tossing people. It's like wrestling out there. It's... He's using he's using this this body momentum style Aikido, and it just it looks so good. It translates so well to film. That's I think that's a lot of the allure of Seagal. Did you notice the guys slipping too, from the wet ponytail slapping? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, he as he was doing the twist, his ponytail was whipping and it was getting water all over the floor. Well, that's, and that's why, man. That's why they yeah. were they were slipping. That's why you got to you lead his head back. You got just like that guy you at the thrice show that we went dip. to. <laughs> Just like that that guy at the Thrice show with yeah. the sweat hair. Yeah, never never sit behind, never stand behind the sweaty guy at a concert. But with you always hair. are behind the sweaty guy at a concert. Hair to ass hair. So anything else to add to this besides it's just there's not much. We it's hard to say it. It's best to just watch it. Yeah, it's probably it's just, on YouTube. It's just scene. one of the best fights I think of any movie. It's one of my favorite just scenes overall. It's just such a great great scene. Yeah. So um. The other big scene, another or another big scene, is when Seagal's sweet Mustang gets crushed by a bunch of construction equipment, where he kind of like pulls an Alex back and shrinks himself down into like a Lucas. How the form hell did he get out to, of to that? Get, to get out of that, how in the hell did he? I thought, dude, he's screwed. Yeah, because classic bad guy mistake. Screwface is screwing with him, crushes the car, but doesn't kill him. Puts a Molotov cocktail in there, lights the car on fire, and of course the car's gonna explode in like ten seconds. And there's no room for him to get out, but he squeezes out of there somehow. And they really like they caught him by surprise. Like yeah. like how did he not see that coming? He's just like going for a joyride. Yeah, and he's just there, and there's like a, a freaking backhoe. And, and it, it's a classic mistake because number one, you don't kill him, you don't confirm the kill. Number two, you just crushed his you just crushed his Mustang, and he's 
pissed now. I feel like it, it's like John Wick. Like yeah. he's more mad. Not that you try to kill him, yeah. but you just messed up his car. Yeah. You may, you may have, you may have almost killed my niche. You may have almost killed me, but you crushed my car. I'm gonna tell you right now. It's on. He cares more about that car than he cares about that niece. Yeah, he does. She didn't even know who he was. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's Uncle John. She's like, yeah. oh. So after after he escapes, word on the street is Screwface flees back to Jamaica because he knows this guy is is marked for death and he's hard to kill. <laughs> so <laughs> and he is under siege at this moment. And apparently he's above the law. <laughs> so he kind of is. What he's doing is. We gotta get we gotta get the crew together. Let's get my friend Keith back here, or, uh, Keith David. Let's get Max. uh, let's Max. Let's get the Jamaican cop in there. Let's make some bullets, baby, dude. Let's, let's make some bullets. What a great montage! <laughs> but like they were, and 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 so they got all this equipment, kind of like in Death Wish when he orders the the Browning gun in the in the UPS mail. Yeah, like he get, you know, <laughs> he gets a UPS package. It happens to be a machine gun. Yeah, they get all the like the raw equipment. He's getting like steel piping. He's literally drilling silencers he's making bullets one at a time like who has time for that that's gonna take a long ass time don't you think he should have just went and bought some yeah just buy go to the bullet store I, I, go to walmart i mean that's what i mean like they'll sell it to anybody go some go somewhere <laughs> pick up pick up some bullets man like i don't even know how much time he had but that had to take so yeah. long they they made their silencers by hand that, with <laughs> tubing <laughs> is that but see was that just because like he wanted to showcase that he could now, yeah, i know that he's proficient with the weapon but did he really learn how to make a silencer <laughs> come on like my favorite part too was when he was like testing the gun out yeah. and he was like holding the bullets and he was shooting the the meat <laughs> the, the meat the, yeah yeah how long does it take to make one bullet? They wasted it on target practice. That's what I'm saying. Like he was like, <laughs> careful with the bullets. Just shooting the meat. Yeah. He wasted so much time <laughs> making those bullets, and then he wasted them. This girl could whisper, but if you hear her talk, you're dead. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you couldn't hear her. Something about something along those lines. But I love that scene. Yeah. It was great. It was montage. a great montage. So good. So they they jump over to Jamaica, bang bang boom, take out a bunch of henchmen that don't have names. Long story short, Seagal gets himself in a room with Screwface number one. They try to tie him up with leather that's like an inch thick. What a what an idiot! It's, it's just not good enough. That's how you know these guys are amateurs. He rips through it like he's a freaking zombie. Zombie, he has zombie strength basically. Rips yeah. through it, dispatches of the guys with one of the most excellent elbow snaps of all time. That was so hard. Which should be the cover of our episode. Well, should, I I think we pulled it. it. We should do it. Yeah. And uh, after a you know after a, a ball slice of Screwface, that was hard to watch. Turns it around, chops his head off. Screwface is dead. Movie over, right? But how do you turn? Let me ask you, you: You get into a sword fight, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, you know, or Screwface has the sword. He thinks he's got him. Which also we skipped over real quick. The people in Jamaica singing "Death to Screwface." Yeah, the song like the anthem of the movie, like Screwface, you're gonna die. Yeah. At the bar where Screwface hangs out. Now, maybe, is that not a way to get yourself marked for death? Maybe it's an homage. Maybe they, maybe it's like a, a term of endearment. You know, maybe it's lost the translation here. I don't know, man. I would not be singing about the bad guy in his bar. I feel, I feel like it's like a term of endearment. I don't know. He, but how does he turn that sword around? Like, can you turn around a Bushido into a guy's crotch? Like, yeah, well, he really messed him up. You and I can't, but he can <laughs> See, I mean, if you can make a silencer, yeah. you can right. you can damn well do that. Yeah. So not to skip over it, but long story short, kill Screwface one. We think the movie's over. He thinks the movie's over. Takes it back to his crew. Transports his head in a bowling yeah, ball bag. In a bowling ball bag. 
shows it to him. It basically says, Screwface is dead. Get out of town, right? He, he says this, Screwface is dead. Now get the F out of town. <laughs> like he says it like that. Uh, not that he's a great actor, but not, not as fine as the acting in this movie. Just if we're going to nitpick Seagal. <laughs> I thought he was good. I liked it. He was all right. Um, so they're afraid. They're like, no way, man. Screwface can't be dead. Like they're freaking out. But alas, nope. Screwface number two, live and well. Shows up out of nowhere. So I don't, I don't know how it got to this, but I guess he ran away. Screwface two. So Seagal chases him upstairs. And all of a sudden, the final fight's in, the, in, in an empty dance club. Which was awesome. Great setting. There's a multiple locations within this fight. A lot, of, a lot of stages, if this were a video game. Stages of, of, of one, two, three. Speaking of video game, yeah. this movie is ripe for a video game adaptation. You're right. Like, I, I had this for the end, but I'm just going to talk about it right now. You've got point by point. You can have the opening drug raid. Your partner gets killed. Just think about this as a game. Yeah. There's so many segments to it. Then you're you're you've got to go on the raid. You've got to go and fight these guys in the department store. There's car chases. The drive by. Yeah. Shoot up shoot up house. Yep. You can and then you got to go sneak in. Then there's some stealth and you got to go find the guys yeah. that tied up your sister and right. we're gonna sacrifice her on your coffee table. Especially like Nintendo games. This was 1990. There weren't that long. Like maybe there's like six to eight stages. Easily done. It just makes too much yeah. sense. Oh yeah. But the back half of this movie is so good. Oh, yeah. It is awesome. This fight was one of the best fights, I think, of any Seagal well, movie. It was one of the, the few Seagal movies where he allows himself to get hit. It's yeah, an actual really fight. Get hit. It's an actual fight. Usually it's flawless victory, right? That's, that's how Seagal rolls. Yeah. And, and I know we've talked about this before. We're going to do an action movie kind of all-stars at some point coming up. Yeah. Or maybe an on-demand episode. Maybe it's a full episode. But he's definitely part of this. Yeah. He doesn't let himself get hit. And you're right. This one, he does. I, I, he must not have choreographed this fight. It had to have been written by someone else, and he was very pissed. The director was like, do it. <laughs> so, he didn't want the writing so that, credit. That's why, we saw, that's why we saw the stuntman's face a lot in this fight, right? He wouldn't allow, he himself. Wouldn't allow himself to get hit, <laughs> even <laughs> when it wasn't dangerous. You're right. No, yeah. you're right. But this fight is brutal. Like he, They have a sword fight. Yeah. Then they get into a fist fight. Yeah. No guns allowed in this fight. It's 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 hand to hand combat. He really f's him up. Yeah. Give me the Vigo rundown of what so, happens to this dude. Long story short, it's like a it's maybe five minutes, maybe three to five minutes of a full, a full fight, and it's a good fight until the very end. So, Seagal gouges out his eyeballs, right? Puts him through a wall, lifts him up. Breaks his back, gives him a full-on Bane Batman backbreaker. I just, I had to, like, cheer when that happened. <laughs> it was so awesome. Th- then, he's dead, by the way. Is he? He's he dead he after the be. backbreaker. He better be. Threw him through another wall, but there's no floor on through the other wall. It's down an elevator shaft and gets impaled on a rusty piece of steel on the way down. And he killed him five times. And ends it with the tough guy line. <laughs> Hope they were triplets, which is what I thought. He, I thought it that he said it. So, do you think Seagal will ever get to the point where he's in his career? He's making these direct to DVD movies. He just says, "You know what? Time for a sequel," and yeah. he just makes one like, you know, marked for death two, marked again, <laughs> Mark, or like, or like marked, <laughs> marked, marked for death two yeah. colon the triplet. They they were they were triplets, or he has a younger brother, or they were quadruplets, and there's two that are the same another age. Two. Yeah, another two. They were done with the voodoo. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. maybe they make another one, Mark for Death, 
still marked. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Mark for but... death two, no erases. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like there's there's some type of sequel to this because he can't get these new movies made, so he's got to go back to the old IPs yeah. to say, I still got it. Yeah, Mark for death two, colon, get this mark off of me. Uh <laughs> Mark for death two colon screw face aka my name is really Mark I don't know I'm it's too much forget it that was dumb <laughs> but that's what he would do yeah so we've been rambling on way too long I don't know how long this episode's gone we have I've been keeping time but it's probably over two hours I at lost this point. track <laughs> we've been talking for four hours but guess what we're gonna still keep going or keep it going because we got the game but now I have this game for you. So we mentioned how Seagal movies are usually like three word things like hard to kill, marked for death, out for justice, above, under, above deadly ground or whatever the heck it was called. Under siege. Under siege two. <laughs> in, in dark territory. Yeah. So I took Seagal's later movies and I'm talking direct to DVD career. Maybe there's a theater one sprinkled in here. I thought that a, a lot of these movies, a lot of these three-word movies also sound like classic rap, rap albums. <laughs> All right. They, they sound very similar. All right. So what I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you a title of a thing here, and you tell me, Seagal film or classic hip-hop album? Oh, my. See, I know nothing about hip-hop. That's you, what makes this so beautiful. See, you have to, but you know Seagal. You may not have seen these movies, but you have to decipher what sounds like a Seagal movie. And they all sound like Seagal movies. People are going to know how <laughs> not well-versed I am in hip-hop. But I'm ready. All right. So, how are we going to keep score? Because I have like 20 of these. Uh, I'll just, I'll, I'll write it down. Get yourself, get yourself a, a, a pencil paper. Everybody go at home, get yourself pencil paper. You know, in the olden days, uh, I, a lot of people don't own pencils. I got, the pa- <laughs> I got the paper right yeah. here. If you're driving in your car, <laughs> yeah. make sure you're definitely yeah. writing. Yeah, no, no, the, the, no texting and driving, no writing and driving. Yeah. If, if you're, no, if you're driving, get your paper out and yeah. write. Pull you know? over now and play this game. Right. I've seen people write yeah. stuff on the highway. I've seen people yeah. read newspapers on the highway. Yeah. So give yourself a dash for every right answer. I, I got I, I want to see. I want to see a blank sheet after the end of these questions because I'm going to get you. All right. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's do this quickly because we're out of time. Fire down below. Seagal movie. Correct. Jack Taggart EPA. That's 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 his character. By the way, was he going against Terry Silver? EPA fire <laughs> down below. It's about going after a guy. Big business. I would polluting. watch that. It's movie. big business polluting. I would. I would yeah. watch that. Movie. I think this is actually one of his last theater movies. Yeah, I yeah. would watch that movie. Terry Silver yeah. as the toxic waste conglomerate. Yeah, yeah, I would watch that. I'll imagine that mashup. Oh, man. So good. All right. Too many ponytails. Ready to die. Rap album. Notorious B.I.G. All right, I knew that one. Yep. Ruthless by law. Hip hop album. Correct. R.B.L. Posse. I'm doing okay here today. Classic. Half Past Dead. Seagal movie. Do you know who's in that with him? Oh, I can't remember. It's a rapper. Is it DMX? Ja Rule. Oh, ja Rule, okay. DMX okay. was Exit Wounds. Yeah, DMX is Exit yeah. Wounds. Uh, character name, Sasha Petrosevich. So he's a Russian guy? Like maybe Russian blood, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, he plays an undercover cop. Uh, reasonable Doubt. Isn't that two words? <laughs> Some of them are two words. I'm trying right. to throw you off. Oh, I thought you were doing three. Uh, Hip hop album. Correct. Jay Z. Jay Z's right. first album. All right. So I got. F- am I perfect right now? I got five out of five, man. You might be. I am. All right. Uh, out of reach. 
Uh, hip-hop album. Seagal. <laughs> William Lansing, former covert agent. One for all. One for all. One for all. Hip-hop album. Correct. Brand Nubian. All right. Unfinished business. Seagal. EPMD rap album. Shit. <laughs> Don't they sound? Aren't, aren't it's, all these it's, it sounds like a Seagal movie. Yeah. Pistol whipped. Uh, hip hop album. Seagal. What? Matt Conlon, Elite X Cop. What year was that? <laughs> I don't know. Was, he made like sixty movies in one year. Into the Sun. Oh shit! Uh, I feel like that sounds like a rap album. Seagal. Man. Travis Hunter, American Op. Set in Japan. It's out. Okay, so the sun. that's what I was thinking. I was thinking of Tears of the Sun, yeah. the, the, the yeah. Bruce Willis movie. Not quite as good as that one. I actually saw Into the Sun. It's pretty bad. It, how old is it? Uh, it's probably like 15 plus years old. When Disaster Strikes. Hip hop. Correct. Busta Rhymes. All right. I classic, knew that one. classic album. Today You Die. Hip-hop. Harlan Beggs, former thief, Seagal. <laughs> That's such a tough title. Man, Today You Die? <laughs> today what year you is that? Die. I have no idea. Flight of Fury. Uh, that is definitely a Seagal movie. Totally. John Sands, great name. I remember the cover of that the yeah. last time we were in Blockbuster, yeah. like 20 years ago, yep. whatever it was. John Sands, Air Force pilot. I started out really strong, and I'm doing yeah. really bad right now. America's Most Wanted. Hip hop album. Hip hop album. That's Ice Cube. By the way, it's America with KKK. <laughs> <laughs> Paid in full. Seagal. Eric B and Rakim. Hip hop. Damn it. You know nothing about hip hop. I don't. That's what I'm too. saying. I don't know anything about hip hop. To, uh, to another person, this would be a very easy quiz. I know. Because, see, because the hip hop albums are very popular. This is so everyone that listens to the <laughs> show is going to know that yeah. I am an idiot. You have no hip hop. Awareness. That's I fine, know, though. Like, that's fine. It's not your wheelhouse. I know, like, 90s R&B. Yeah, this is my wheelhouse, not yours. This is what makes this so tough. Mercenary for Justice. Seagal. That was easy. John Seer. You want to know what it, he was? What? A mercenary. For justice. For justice. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. So I have 10. I don't know if the, how, out of how many that is. There's going to be 20 at the end. All right. So you got to get above 50%. There's all pressure here. Force of Execution. Seagal. That's a bad title, but yes, Seagal. Alexander Coates, Crime Lord. Force of... So he's a bad guy. Well, it's a bad guy fighting a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that was him because he wanted to just be the bad he guy for He wanted to be once. the bad guy, but it's also him. So he's the better bad Which guy. Which is... You know what? It's bullshit because <laughs> he wouldn't do it for the Expendables. No, he wouldn't. Because he didn't want to lay down to Van Damme. That's why. Who cares? You can't lay down to Van Damme. Whatever. Van Damme's awesome. We were talking. By the way, it was by segue. We were talking about this earlier. Uh, we were at a party on Saturday, and a friend brought up, "Hey, you see this new movie Seagal's in? I saw the cover of it. It's Seagal and Van Damme. They're in a movie together." But guess what? Fake out. It's not Jean Claude Van Damme. It's spelled Van Damme as in Rob Van Damme, the wrestler. But the, you know they did that on purpose. That's deceptive. It's so marketing. deceptive because people are at the red box like, oh my god, it's a Van Damme Seagal movie. They hit the button too late. It's Rob Van Damme. Deceptive. Too late. All right, a couple left here. All eyes on me. Rap album. Total rap album. Do you know who that is? I can't remember, but I know it's that Tupac. it's a rap album. It's Tupac. Tupac. I knew yeah. I knew it was 
See, this is how bad I am. That's like a classic. <laughs> That's like one of the all-time all-timers. All right. See, this is like embarrassing. But at least you do his rap album. End of a gun. Hip hop. It's Skull Movie, but it's like the worst title he's ever had. That is really. Yeah. That's the weakest title I ever heard. Name is just played Decker. Decker. Former ATF agent. Finally, contract to kill. Seagal. Seagal is correct. Harmon, who is simply a hitman. So I hope I didn't cheat here. I I count that I got thirteen. Well, I believe you. Well, that's that's good. What is that? Uh, like a sixty? Yeah. 60-ish? I mean, not good enough for <laughs> most people's school. At a fifty-eight percent. I will have to check with uh, my mom and see if that's a, a good enough grade we'll, we'll, for me. We'll get you on a curve. We'll grade you. You, you passed. I'll you call passed my barely, dad. So, dad, is that acceptable? I don't know. But uh, 13, score me at home. Keep me honest. Write yeah. into us on Twitter at The Last Report. Let me know did, if I messed up. You did very well for a guy that knows nothing about hip-hop. I think you did very well. I got I got flustered and embarrassed because I know nothing about hip-hop. That's all I, right. Full this, disclosure. But this is not about hip-hop. This is about Steven Seagal, and I think you passed. So good for you. We could, we'll get you into hip-hop just yet. You know, we could, we could do maybe 90s new metal, yeah. and then <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't even know anything about that either. You don't know your chord albums? Come on. No, I... I Oh, the only thing I know is Limp Bizkit had a, an yeah. album called... <laughs> so cool, get it. I know some of those, and if you said that you didn't like it, you're a liar. If you said that you didn't like that, you're a liar. Yeah, don't, 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 be, a, don't be a fake. But I just want to wrap up by saying I had a blast watching this movie. Oh, yeah. It's this one is, of the most fun I've had in was, a long time. This was a pure pleasure. And I hope you all will go out there, and if you can't find it on Cinemax, go spend the $2.99. You don't have to get it in HD. It doesn't matter. It's great. It's so much fun. It's, you know, between Screwface, between Seagal, Whispering, Toughly, and, and everything else, just a great movie. I, I felt the way about this movie that we I felt when we did Karate Kid 3, where it was just like, it was just a joy to talk about. We are kind of gushing, and if you made it this far, congratulations. Yeah, this it, is really long. It was a love fest. This movie's so fun. It's just a love fest. It, I think it's, dare I say it, it's Seagal's best movie. I think it is, actually. Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, as Under Siege Be Damned. But that's like a real movie, yeah, you know? Yeah, it doesn't really count. It counts, but it doesn't. This this was his best, most fun movie, in my opinion, of his entire career. Under Siege is is a classic. I mean, it's it's probably the best movie. Yeah. But as a fan of Seagal, like, that's not what he does. Yeah. Right? He does these movies. And yeah. of all of his, this is definitely his best. So if you agree or disagree, why don't you write into us and let us know? How do they get in touch with us, Drew? TheLastRoadPodcast.com. At the Last Row Pod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash the Last Row Pod. Another thing I want to say to people is if you are enjoying the show, write into us, let us know what movies you want us to watch. We're creating a list. We've got a list. There's a lot of really good listener recommendations that we've received over the past few weeks. We're building that. Another question that I had for people on Twitter recently was if you like the on demand episodes, would you want to see more of those or do you want to see more movies? Do you like the way it is? I don't know how you feel about it, bad way, but I'm having fun kind of the way we're doing it. Oh, yeah. We'll do a mix of both. Absolutely. And I always tell you guys, if you can, please head out to iTunes, leave us that five-star review. And if you really are enjoying the show, the best thing that you can do for us, tell your friends about the podcast. Tell anybody that you know that likes movies. Let them know about our show. That would help us so much. Help spread the word. Thank you, everybody that's been listening and writing in. And on that note, we will see you guys next week. Screw face killed me a thousand times worse than you ever could. Go find them yourself. 
So if this if the Screwface doesn't actually speak Jamaican or like doesn't have that accent, I'm gonna, my mind's gonna be blown. Yeah, I don't like. I almost don't want to look it up. Like, I want it to just be. I'm not gonna look it up. I'm just gonna. Do you think this guy's done some interviews on 